Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Salt Church Podcast. Warned everybody in here that I would be speaking again this week. And so either you're here because you're ready for more or you missed it. You didn't see that idea that, uh, that I said that. Uh, how many of you were not here the last time I preached? One, two, three. Okay. I can't remember. And so I'm assuming how many of you were? Raise your hand. Does anybody remember anything I talked about? Sanctification. Yep. Seasons. Anything else? Anybody? Any note takers? Okay. So the reason I ask is I wanted to do a quick review. <laughs> You're all looking at me. I feel like I really feel like there's a teacher anointing on me today. Um, I'm really glad there is because my flesh just wants to yell at you. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Let's quickly review. The last time I preached, I felt like I was met with a ton of resistance. I felt like there was just, I don't know if it was, I, I, at, at the time standing here, I'm like, I don't know if this is just me, if anybody else is feeling it. I talked to several other pastors, several other uh, people that I sort of uh, trust that, you know, sense things in the spirit. And everybody was saying the same thing. It felt really rough. You loved it? Thank you. And I think I know why there was so much resistance because the enemy does not want to see us advancing. He doesn't want to see us advancing. He wants to keep you stuck right where you are. But the good news is I am not going to let that happen today. All right, I am not going to let that happen today. I've been prayed up and encouraged up. My wife told me today, she said, those people, no, she didn't say <laughs> I don't know why I'm just kidding all the time already. She said, the people need to hear what you have to say. And she was encouraging me. And she said, God has put a gift inside of you. He gave you a word, and you're going to deliver it, and you're going to do great. Something like that, right, honey? And so one of the biggest deceptions, I wrote this down, I wasn't sure if I was going to share this, but I, do, I feel like I am now. One of Satan's biggest deception attempts, what he tries to do is he tries to keep us from believing and to keep us from knowing what God has already made available for you. So it would be like, Richard, you had $5 million in your bank account, you know, but Paige didn't know, you know. And, but because she's a joint you're, you are one flesh. If she doesn't know that that money's in there, then it's not, you know, she can't access it. It's just not been available to you. Meaning, and all along, you know that that money is there. And so it's not helping you. It's not helping your family because you can't just go out and spend $3 million because where did that come from? Then you'd have to explain. And God is saying, I have given you everything you need. Everything you need has been given to you. And the enemy is trying to deceive you. The serpent said to the woman concerning sin, he said to her, he said, you will not surely die if you sin, right? He said, you won't die. He said, for God knows that in that day when you eat of this fruit, that your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. But the crazy thing is, is they already were like God. And that was the temptation that he gave them. He said, if you eat this, God knows your eyes will be open and you will be like him. Well, didn't he not create them in his own image, in his own likeness? And I really feel like there's so much available to us. Each one of us, there's so many gifts resident with inside of each one of us. And God is, and the enemy is just trying to stuff it down through fear, through intimidation. But God did not give us the spirit of what? Fear. But of what? Power. Love. Sound mind. Peace in our minds. And I love that. I want you to declare this with me. Psalms, this is Psalms 118, verse 6. Say, the Lord, 
Say this to me. The Lord is on my side. Say it with me like it actually means something to you. Say, the Lord is on my side. The Lord is on my side. All right. Got that down. Now it goes on a little further. It says, the Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Who's the, t- who's the toughest guy in the world right now? Anybody know? Tank? You are the toughest man in the world right now? Okay. So if I'm standing up here with Tank, and I say, Tank is on my side... Am I going to be afraid of you? If Tank is the toughest man in the world. <laughs> because the Lord is on our side, we don't have to fear. Say, say this to me. Say, I will not fear. Say it like, I will not fear. I'm not going to fear. I just don't need to fear. Fear is stupid. Somebody wrote a, made a sweatshirt and a bunch of women bought it. It says, my wife says, fear is a liar. This fear is a liar. And I want to read a little bit more of that psalm. It says, this is Psalm 118, verses 5 through 9. It says, I called on the Lord in distress. You ever call somebody and they don't answer? Go straight to voicemail. They were just texting you for seven straight minutes. And you call them and they don't answer it. They don't answer. You're like, dude, I know you're on your phone. We were just playing dominoes. <laughs> Pratique. Uh, thanks for playing dominoes with me, by the way. He says, I called on the Lord in distress, and the Lord answered me. And he set me in a broad place. Then it goes on to say a scripture you might have heard recently. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear What can man do to me? The Lord is for me among those who help me. Therefore, I shall see my desire on those who hate me. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in princes, to put confidence in people, to put confidence in our government. The last time I preached, I preached about the vision that Pastor Al has for our church. I don't know. I think this maybe should be preached every week. A little bit, so we know it. I want us to like, we have a quality policy at work where people just like, blah, 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 can spit it out. You know, but we got a church and we we need to know what our vision is. And if you don't know it, that's fine because it's new. So no shame here. The last time we talked, I preached about the vision Pastor Al had, which which means that this church, we need to change. The season is changing. And I declared that in the spirit, in the name of Jesus, that the, the season is in the spirit is changing in our church. And it is a season of the glory of God. It is a season where we see the power of God on display. How many of you like to see when you pray for something, pray for somebody, something actually happens? And if you notice, sometimes you see some people use the name of Jesus and not much happens. And then other people use the name of Jesus, and a lot of things happen. But it's the same name. Sometimes not a lot happens. Sometimes a lot happens. And I believe it's some people believe in their authority they have, and some of us are growing. We're just not there yet. I don't know what you thought I was going to say. We want to see the power of God on display. Signs, wonders, miracles, Healings. You know, the Bible says this isn't just a Pentecostal charismatic uh, church thing to say. It says that signs and wonders will follow the preaching of the word. The Bible says that. This isn't just like, you know, a Christian flavor of the month. He also said the Lord gave Pastor Al vision, and he said that we will be establishing establishing this house as a house of prayer. The whole 2022, the word was establish. 
is leading us up to this year, leading us up to this. Also a part of the vision was that God wants to transform our region with his presence. How many of you like the presence of God? The presence of God. I mean, I've had times where I've been in the presence of God and I was weeping so bad, it felt like my stomach was going to fall out. And I wish half of it would have, but only the other half came back. And sometimes, you know, the spirit of intercession, his presence comes, and you're weeping. You're weeping over something that you didn't necessarily care that much about until his presence came and touched it. And then all of a sudden, you know, there's times when, you know, I hear of church or uh, school shootings. And there's times I'll, I admit, like, it's just, I'm just sort of numb. And it doesn't completely touch me. You know, it's, to me, I don't know, it's just somewhere so far away. And then there's some times where it happens and it's just like, I can't get away from it. It's like, it's in there. It's on me. I, I have the ability to weep for that. I didn't have that. You can't manufacture that. It's the presence of God. We need that. We need to ask the Lord for that spirit of prayer. We need to ask the Lord to break our hearts for the things that break his heart. We need to ask him, God, whatever you're doing in the earth, can I partner with you? Because I know that in John 17, Jesus said this. He said, Father, I pray that they would be with me where I am. They would be with me in my thoughts. They would be with me in my passions. They would be with me. And Jesus is the intercessor. And that spirit can come. And every time that spirit comes, that spirit I keep saying is, it's, this whole, it's the Holy Spirit. And even when I feel like my stomach's going to fall out and it's hard, I'll, I, when, I, when it's over, I'll be like, I'll do that again. <laughs> I'll, I'll sign up for that again. I'll do that again. There was one time Megan and I went to a meeting in Pittsburgh. We didn't know who was speaking. We just trusted our pastor and we went. And I was worshiping. I, I, and the Lord, I, was, I had my hands raised and I was into the worship. And the Lord said, stop for a second. He said, uh, you don't even know these people. You don't even know who the, these worship leaders. You don't even know what they're singing about. He said, Take time. Take a few minutes and discern in the spirit. Is this a team? Is this a group that you want to be partnering with? I'd never really thought about that. Just jumped, you know, jumped into a service. So I did that. I closed my eyes and, and the Lord said, Robert, I'm teaching you something. I want you don't ever want you just to go somewhere and be somewhere and just be blind and, and not be aware of what I'm saying, what I'm doing, the awareness of my presence. He said, these people are amazing. He said, this worship team's amazing, and this man that's going to speak is amazing, and he's going to change your life with the anointing that he's going to impart to you. But I wanted you to learn this. I wanted you to learn that you need to just, don't just flippantly go here and flippantly go there. I want you to inquire of me and ask me, what are you doing, Lord? What are you saying? And I began to do that. And as I left that place on my way home, one of the impartations that I received from this man, this anointing was, I began to feel things about people that I never felt before. And there was a man in that meeting the first night we were there. And he was a man, in, and, and right during the meeting, the guy was preaching and this guy comes right up to the front. So it would be like RJ standing right in front of me, just coming up, interrupting my message. And this man says, I, 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 I'm, I'm schizophrenic. And I, and I love Jesus. He said, and every time, he's trembling. He said, and every time I go to try and preach or try to pray or try to read my Bible. I just hear all of these voices in my head. I hear these nasty words in my head. And this preacher looked at him, and I was sitting like in the second row. He looked at him, and I'd never seen this before. He put both his hands on his cheeks, and he said to him with such a love, he said, 
son, this has been happening to you for such a long time. And he said, and it's time for this to stop. He said, be gone in Jesus' name. This guy, no, I wasn't in the second row because that was the next day. I was in like the second to last row. And when he prayed this, be gone in Jesus' name, this guy goes, no! And bam, fell down onto the ground. I mean, it was, it was just like that. I'm not trying to be funny or dramatic. It was just like that. And so I was sitting, this is day one, I was sitting in the way back row. So as he went down and the preacher started preaching, I forgot the guy was there. Because I was sitting all the way in the back. I couldn't see him. I didn't know, you know, just completely forgot. It was just listening. So the service keeps going on, and I'm listening to the word. And they had an altar call. And uh, I, I don't even remember what it was for. I did not feel led to go up. So I sat right where I was, right in my seat. And so people are going up, and I'm just sitting there, and I'm just kind of watching people, praying for other people, and... And just enjoying the presence of God. And, and I always, I love watching people get set free. I love it. Like we go to Bold Venture. We go to these men's meetings. meetings, And they'll say, Eric will tell you, like, they'll be like, hey, who's got lust? And the anointing's so strong. They was like, come on up right now. We're going to get rid of it. And like 50 guys come up. Not like one and a half guys. Limping up. And... I, st- I stand there and I'm weeping going, thank you, God. Thank you, God, for setting my brothers free. Thank you, Lord. And I'm watching and I love this. And so everybody's up at the altar. And the guy who went down gets up. And he comes back and he sits right next to me. And his name was Michael. And he said, would you pray for me? I'm like, yes, I will. Yes, I will. And I, and I prayed for him, and he needed a ride home. And, and I, I didn't go there by myself. I didn't have a car. I was, going, I was with Pastor Bob. And I got him. I, somehow I hooked him up with somebody I didn't even know at the meeting and got him a ride home. And I prayed for him. He said, would you pray now he's talking different. He said, would you pray for my family? Would you pray for my dad? He said, my dad is a good dad, and he loves me. But he doesn't know Jesus. Would you pray for my dad? And I was like, felt so honored. I felt so honored. And I prayed for him. And uh, I just started feeling this love for this man that I'd never, see, never seen before. I'd never seen him before. And uh, he told me he was coming back tomorrow, and... I was all excited, and he, he never came back. I never saw him again. So this is Friday night. Then all Saturday goes by. Sunday morning, Megan and I get up. We're driving. Where are we going to Victory at that time? We were in Connie Lake. We are driving down 79, going to church. We left early from the hotel, and we are going to church. And Megan was, no, I was driving. And all of a sudden, I began to feel the way God feels about this man, Michael. And I began to weep. Megan will tell you, I began to weep uncontrollably. And, I, and I'm driving. <laughs> and I, this thought went through my head. What if those demons that were terrorizing Michael came back and started terrorizing him again? And I was feeling a love for him that was supernatural. And I was like, that is not going to happen. And I began to pray. And I'm like, I started crying out in the car, weeping. And I said, I speak to those demonic voices, those demonic spirits that have been torturing and terrorizing Michael. You will never... Never speak to him again in the name of Jesus. You will never speak to him again. And I began to weep more and more. And Meg's like, 
had her hand like halfway on the steering wheel and halfway on my belly. Are you okay? Yeah, I think I'm okay. Like, there was no other reason other than the spirit of the Lord why I would even care about this guy. I'd never met him, never seen him before. And the Lord came on me, and I felt his love for him. And the Lord said to me, he said, the amount of love you felt for him for me was like the Lord's pinky fingernail. He said, that's about as much of my love for Michael as I let you feel. And he said, and it's because that is all you could handle. And if I showed you more, if you felt more, you, you, I don't even remember his exact words, but you could die. And I just believed him. And I believe that the Lord wants us to have those types of encounters. It's supernatural. Part of the vision Pastor Al shared was that God wants to transform this region with his presence. He said, along with this, he said, we must focus in on a life of Holy Spirit sanctification. And perfecting holiness in the fear of the Lord. That comes after the famous scripture, we're the temple of the Holy Spirit. It says, and perfecting holiness in the fear of the Lord. And I gave examples last time I preached of God taking me through a season of conforming or of confronting my fear of confrontation. I was afraid I couldn't confront anybody. The Lord said, Robert, if you're going to walk with me the way I want you to walk with me, you can't be afraid to confront things. He said, you're afraid to confront and you have a fear of man. And I didn't get an instant download, but I had to work through it. I had to walk through it with the Lord. And I went through a season, entire season, where it was like, I'd get a dream. I'd get a, I'd get a, a word that came into me, and I knew it wasn't my flesh, because my flesh is not interested. You can, let me tell you, there's, <laughs> there's three voices in the world. There's a voice of God, there's a voice of Satan, and there's your flesh. You ever want to know what the voice of your flesh sounds like? Fast. Just start doing a little fasting. And the voice of your flesh sounds like this. Ice cream. <laughs> I want ice cream. The voice of your flesh sounds like, you know, cinnamon rolls. Now it's a little nicer voice. Like, you know, cinnamon rolls. Pretty good. Some of those jalapeno poppers that RJ's got on... Uh, Facebook, man, that was not good. And that's the voice of your flesh. Satan, scumbag as he is, it's always, he, he can be sometimes smart, tricky, but he always overplays his hand. He, he is a stinking liar, that's right. And so he'll always over, overplay his hand if you sit and you listen to him long enough. And I don't suggest you listen to anything he says, but it's just when you don't know yet that it is him, he'll always take it a little bit further and you'll go, oh yeah, that's devil. Yeah. He, and he can't help himself because he's crazy. He is the spirit of fear. He is the spirit of confusion. He is the spirit that, that Michael that w- was possessed with, was tormented with. And the Lord will always encourage you. The Lord, could say, the Lord told me one time, he said, Robert, you are so selfish. And I was like, I didn't feel any condemnation. I didn't feel any shame. I felt like I'm selfish. I, I had to have been because the Lord said it and the Lord can't lie. And I felt like there's hope for me in my selfishness. Thank you, God for telling me I'm so selfish. Like, when you hear the voice of the Lord, it always comes with encouragement. There's always hope. If I would have heard, you're so selfish, felt, you know, decimated, condemned, felt like terrible, then it might not have been the Lord. It, it might have been the enemy just trying to push me down. I talked about that last week, about we need to, sometimes we need to, if you want to be like Jesus... Sometimes, well, not sometimes, if you want to be like Jesus, he will put you in a situation which will require you to be like him. 
And I came out of that season more like Jesus. And I felt like the fear of man was gone. And the Lord said, I chose you to be a confronter, Robert, because you don't like to do it. I chose you to do it because you're not like, all right, I'll bring that guy into my office and crush him. I'll bring him in here and just slam him. I'll confront him. I'm like, Lord, I don't want to confront it. I don't want to confront anybody. I don't want to talk about it. It's just easier for her to let this jerk just continue on doing what he's doing. Like, I don't know. Lord said, no, you'll confront him. And you'll confront him in my love. You'll confront him in my passion. You'll, you'll confront him in the way that I would confront him. And that's why I called you to do that. So I came out of that season more like Jesus. I talked about us being led by the Holy Spirit, letting him lead us. I talked about Jesus being led by the Holy Spirit, Jesus being led into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit. The word says Jesus went into the wilderness filled with the Holy Spirit. But after he was confronted by the devil, it says he came out filled with the Holy Spirit and with power. So he went in filled with the Spirit, came out filled with the Holy Spirit and power. Sometimes we have to go through some things in order to have the power to confront it, to pray for it. Like if you're addicted to something, I can pray for you. I've been addicted to some things. I've, been, I've had substance abuse. I've conquered that through Christ. I am more than a conqueror through Christ who strengthens me. How am I more than a conqueror? He beats up Tank toughest man in the world, and I get the credit for it, all right? And I heard Pastor Bruce say this all the time, like, what is more than a conqueror? I fight the toughest man in the world, and Megan gets the medal. She didn't, she's more than a conqueror. Jesus fasted for 40 days. When he went in the wilderness. When we fast, have any of you fasted? Done any fasting? Love it? Do we fast? One of the reasons we fast, this is not a teaching about fasting, but one of the reasons I fast is I like want to get with God and I want to feel his presence, right? Jesus fasted for 40 days. When I fast, I want to experience the presence of God. I want to get closer to God. Jesus fasted for 40 days, and his first supernatural counter, encounter was with the devil. <laughs> like, I'm fasting for 40 days. The first supernatural being I come in contact with, I don't want it to be the scumbag, devil, Satan, little less. Ever tell you my iPad likes, every time I write his name, likes to capitalize it? <laughs> Go back, make it lowercase. It's not capitalized. You can come up and look. And so he fasted for 40 days. He didn't have an encounter with God. He had an encounter with the devil. And as I was thinking about that, I was thinking like, thank God he fasted. First time I read it, my thought was, he was probably super tired super hungry, and it was a terrible time to encounter Satan. But as I read it the last time, I'm like, he was, he just got done fasting for 40 days. What a better, what, there's no better time than for him to have this encounter. The Holy Spirit told me, said his fasting prepared him for that encounter. I talked, we talked about different seasons in our lives. I asked you to ask God this question. Did, Father, did you lead me into the season that I'm in right now? Or did I lead myself? We took 30 seconds and we asked him. And I I feel like we should do that again. Several people came to me and said that question was very helpful. And God brought them answers and insight. So let's take 30 seconds. The season that you're in right now. I want you to close your eyes. And in silence, you don't have to say it out loud. Ask the Lord, say this with me inside. Say, Lord, did you lead me into the season that I'm in right now? Or did I lead myself here? And let's take 30 seconds and listen.
Okay. Now I want you to take that information, store it, and we'll deal with it. You'll deal with that later. Because Jesus went into the wilderness because he was led by the Spirit of God. Sometimes we go into the wilderness because we're stupid. Seasons, we talked about seasons. I said this, I said, if God has led you to the season you're in, if that's the answer, if you said, God led me to where I am right now, don't try to end the season that you're in prematurely because it's hard. He might be trying to show you something. Well, he is trying to show you something. He's trying to teach you something. I said, God gives you test after test after test. It's open book test. You can ask your neighbor. You can ask your pastor. You can ask him. He'll give you the answers. He doesn't want you moving on until you pass the test because it's important. I couldn't be a pastor who was afraid to confront people. I couldn't. It wouldn't work. I had to go through that season. Ask him, say, Lord, what are you trying to accomplish in me in this season? Now, if you're in the wilderness because you did something stupid or you didn't consult him, you were just going along, doing your own thing, didn't even ask, the easy way out, we said, was there was a word called repentance. We can just simply turn around and go the other way. Another way we talked about we can change a season, season was to be a worshiper. Worship changes the battle in our favor. Worship brings God into the scene, onto the scene. Talked about Paul and Silas in prison, worshiping the Lord. Not only were, were their chains broken off, not only was the door to their cell open, it opened the doors and broke off the chains of every person around them. Last time I preached, I was getting hit so hard with spiritual warfare that I had a few people say, that message was really good. I'm, not, I'm just telling you a story. I'm not trying to, I'm not building myself. Sub, several people said, that message was really good. It, it helped me. And I had to go through my notes to, to remember even some of the things that I said. And as I was reading it, preparing for today, I'm like, it, that message was good. It was good. And it's not, I'm not, please understand if you know me, I'm not building myself up. It was good. It was hard. And I'm coming back. I came to you last time filled with the Spirit. I'm coming to you today filled with the Holy Spirit and power. I overcame a hard, hard message. I even had somebody go, please. I was, I mean, I said, arrows were flying at me like, please, what? I'm like, listen, I'm not saying that to make you feel, to make you, try to make you feel sorry for you. I'm just saying it was hard. We worship the Lord to change seasons in our life. When we worship the Lord, we are exalting Him over our circumstances. We give Him first place in our lives. A new season I talked about. That that new season is starting now. Say that with me. Now. Now. Okay, so that was my intro. Okay. Now this is this week's message. I wrote this all out. had this message this morning. Lo and behold, what does God do? Gives me a dream. So I'm sitting there having this dream. Wake up. Look at my clock. 537. That number is the number God speaks to me. I see the number 37, 537, 37. Like, it was like, yep, that was from you. Yep. If you think that's hokey, you think that's weird, forget I said that and just listen to the rest. Okay. I had a dream, and in that dream, my wife, Megan, was, went up to Veronica Brown, and she asked, Megan asked her if she would pray for her because she was having pain in her leg, like, like right in here. And if you see Veronica, you can tell her, Robert has a word for you. And she tell her to listen to the stream. Whatever it is, I've got it written down. I'll get it to her. But I felt like it was to be made public. Not every word is, not every dream is, but I felt this was. So Megan asked Veronica, she said, pray for my leg. It's been hurting me for a while. And I didn't see it when, she, when, when Veronica started, but Veronica had a microphone in her hand. And Veronica bends, da- bends down, and she puts her hand on her leg, 
And she starts singing a prayer over my wife. And you know how in your dream you have like a million thoughts within two seconds? You, you, you don't know how, how they got there or whatever. She starts singing. And in my mind, I'm like, didn't really have any expectations for how good she was going to sing. You know what I mean? She's, I've never heard her sing. Veronica, Veronica starts singing a prayer over my wife with the most beautiful voice I have ever heard in my life. Like Kim Walker, like lower, like minor leagues compared to Veronica, the Veronica of my dreams. And <laughs> literally. And so she starts singing this prayer in the most beautiful, most beautiful voice I'd ever heard in my life. And Megan's leg got completely healed. And I'm sitting there, or just laying, I wake up and I'm just laying there. And the Lord said to me, I looked at the clock, 537. Okay. I knew it was the Lord. The Lord said, I am releasing five women in the gift of prophetic singing. I'm releasing five women in the gift of prophetic healing singing. And I don't know if it's public or private, uh, if it's just in your home, if anybody's ever going to hear it, except for the angels and the Lord, or where it's going to be. But the five women, the Lord said to me, he's releasing, and I'm releasing this onto the earth, are Veronica Brown, Kathy Waskowitz, Aaron Brown, Lonnie Lathrop, and April Pratt. He said, I am releasing you in a prophetic healing gift that is combined with the gift of faith. Since you're here and you're in front of me, it's, you're going to be singing in your home. The Lord is, going to give, is giving you right now, and I impart that to you. I had the dream. I impart it to you from the Lord. Releasing you in a prophetic healing singing where you will sing combined with the gift of faith in conjunction with the gift of faith. And you are going to see, Veronica is going to see, Kathy's going to see, Aaron is going to see, Lonnie is going to see healings take place. And the Lord said, it's going to be fun. It's going to be so fun. And don't worry about what you sound like. He's releasing that gift in you, a prophetic healing gift. Yeah. Then I got up, walked to the couch, took my iPad, prayed the Hudson would not wake up until we were ready for church. I said, Lord, that wasn't a test, but I'm like, Lord, I know this is you. Just keep him asleep. (laughs) And he did. And the Lord said, three men in our church, Brock Henderson, Eric Weiss, Scott Northrup. You say, well, Scott doesn't go to our church. Yeah, he does. It's the church. Brock Henderson, Eric Weiss, Scott Northrup are being released with a prophetic anointing as well to declare words of knowledge combined with the gift of faith. These words are to be released. You're going to release words, Eric, that... Before, it would just sound like a wish. You'd be like, I wish this was different. I wish, not that you said that, but just kind of in your life, like, I really wish this was different. Now, if I know Eric, the church is going to be a lot different when Eric starts (laughs) walking this gift. Words released now, which were like wishes in the past. In the past, you'd say or think, I wish this would happen, or... Or like, I wish the situation was more like this. The Lord says, now is the season, now is the time where you're going to stop wishing and carnally hoping and begin to declare words of knowledge combined with the gift of faith into the atmosphere. He's calling you to do that. And the Lord said, Brock will say, that's awesome, when he hears this. Eric will say, eh, 
I don't know about this. This is kind of stupid. I can't see myself doing this. The Lord said, both of you will be met with major spiritual resistance in this. That is why, the Lord says, that is why I'm having Robert declare it publicly today. Because you'll need the support of the body for this one to operate in the fullness in which I desire. Brock, Eric, Scott Northrup. The last prophetic word, Tom Lathrop. See here? I know who Tom is. Honestly, I've never had a conversation longer than, how you doing? You know, how's your family? We've hugged, maybe. I mean, I wish we have. I hope so. If not, we'll hug today. I don't, my point is I don't spend a ton of time sitting around thinking about Tom. Well, I'm going to start. The Lord said this. I know it was the Lord because, like I said, I'm not sitting around my living room in the morning thinking about Tom. The Lord, Tom, is releasing you to walk in the gift of love and the compassion of Christ. You will begin, even today, to see people through the eyes of Christ. You'll have a love and a compassion for people in which, in the past, you would ignore just like I would that man, that, that schizophrenic man. You will have love and compassion for people which in the past you would ignore. And the Lord said this, you must need to know this. He says, Tom, this isn't going to be a huge time sucker for you because you are jealous of your time. You don't want to give it away only to your family. This gift of love, Tom, and compassion will be mixed with the fruit of joy. You will enjoy this. And as you begin to experience these thoughts and feelings for others, simply speak a word to them. Speak a word of encouragement to them that will come to you at that moment. It'll come to you right at that moment. And people's lives will be changed. The Lord said, Tom will say, nah, that's not for me. And the Lord says, don't say, that's not for me. I created you, and I say, it is you. You'll say, and the people will think they won't receive an encouraging word from me. The Lord said, they will receive an encouraging word from from you. I asked Pastor April, as I was getting these words, if she felt like the Lord was giving her any prophetic words for anybody else. So she's going to release us now. All right. Um, the, um, the one sent by Eileen. You're, what's your name, honey? Yeah. Brianna? Okay. Well, Brianna, the Lord wants to erase what's been spoken over you on all the words that has been spoken of you that is not true. So in the name of Jesus, I erase the words that were said over you that are not true. And he delights in you. You are precious to him. And he gets joy seeing you here. And that God loves you intently. And he wants to bless you. But the words that have been spoken over your life are not true about you. He says you're precious. You're wonderful. He delights in you. And I bless you to receive that in Jesus' name. All right. Hallelujah. Um, the, you're, the couple's sitting in the very back. You got the baby pink shirt on there. Um, all right. Are you a massage therapist? Okay. I didn't know. Someone had told me that a while ago. But all right. So um, I, you were highlighted to me during the service. Hallelujah. The Lord wants to take you both deeper, but specifically you, the wife. You guys are both to go deeper, but he wants to massage some of the knots out of your heart that have been there for a long time. 
and he wants to give you joy. And those things that you've like, you have questions about, he has the answers for. He has all the answers you need for all the things that are coming up and all that you need to know. But he wants to just take you deeper and he wants to work some of those things out that you've wondered about but didn't know if he had the answers for. He has all of the answers. And he wants to bless you in your work and he wants to bless you to be... Um, to be fruitful and to multiply. And so I just release over you in the name of Jesus that anything that he wants to speak into your heart and all the things that he wants to take you deeper in um, and all the questions that you have answers for, uh, need answers for, he is more than enough in Jesus' name. And he sees both of you and you are not obscure to him. So he sees you, he loves you, and he's glad you're here. Thank you, Pastor April. I didn't see the prophetic at, at all as I was coming into this message. And the Lord opened it up to me this morning. And that's one of the things that, as a prophetic person, I had a hard time receiving that. I don't know why. And the Lord said, Robert, you are prophetic. You, I give you words. I show you things. And you sometimes in seasons walk in it and sometimes you forget about it. Sometimes you don't see it as, valu- as valuable. And the Lord says, I'm calling you back. The Lord is the one that does these things. In review from last time, we asked the question, do you want to be like Christ? Are you really serious? Serious. Are you really serious about this? And I said that after the fall, with the fall of man, there was two things. After the fall of man, there was only two things that God was focused on in our destiny. And those two things, the first one was salvation. The Lord is not slack concerning. He, he wants every person to be saved. And after salvation is sanctification. And that it's a big word. We started talking about it a little bit. And I said that we would talk about it more today. Sanctification, big word, what does it mean? It simply means becoming more like Christ. Becoming more like him. Christ-likeness. Romans 12, 2 says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be Transformed. By the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I've had so many people say to me, I don't know what my calling is. I don't know what the will of God is for my life. It says this, by renewing your mind, you will know what the perfect, acceptable will of God is. That's Romans chapter 12. If you don't know what it is, we need, you need to renew your mind through the word of God and become transformed that you may know what is good and acceptable and the perfect will of God. Christ's likeness is not a new idea. God's original plan, the whole original plan was for us to be like him, to be like the Father, to be like Jesus, to be like Holy Spirit. First chapter in the entire Bible, the Lord didn't waste any time Getting into this, chapter 1, Genesis, verse 26. He waited 26 verses, 25 verses before he got to this. He said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let's make them just like us. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female. That's what the word says. He created them male and female. Then after that, he then came a blessing. 
He declared what he was going to do. He said, I'm going to make people, I'm going to make them just like us. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, they're going to be just like us. Then he, then he blessed them. He said, then God blessed them and said, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and everything that moves on the earth. In simple English, he said, multiply my image, multiply my likeness, multiply my dominion. Be like me and have babies. That's a prophetic word to every married couple. Be fruitful, multiply, and teach your kids to be like Jesus. Be just like me, the Lord says. Be fruitful with the fruit of the Spirit. Multiply love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. I was, used to work in kids' ministry. They'd say, the fruit of the Spirit's not a coconut. Oh, the fruit of the Spirit's not a coconut. And then I can't remember all the other, how it went. We actually sang that in Koinonia. It was kind of weird with all adult men. But <laughs> the fruit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And I was in Koinonia, and I had been a youth pastor. I actually taught the guys the hand motions. It just came back to me on the spot. I couldn't do it now, but for some reason they did. So that's his plan. For us to become like Christ, which is possible. Now, if I wanted to be like somebody, if I said like, you know what? I want to be just like Scott Lockwood. I want to be just like him. Now, if my goal was to be just like Scott, who what should I go to if I want to endeavor in this project to be just like Scott? Scott, I'm not going to go to Rick. Tell him, teach me how to be just like Scott Lockwood. He'd just be like, you know, he'd tell me the things that he knew about you, but that's it. The best thing I could do if I wanted to be just like you would come, be come to you. So if we're trying to be like Jesus... So the best thing we could do if we would want to be like Jesus would be listen to how Jesus describes himself. Does that make sense? All right. So let's look how Jesus describes himself. Jesus in Matthew 20, 11, 28 says, Come to me. All who, are, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So if I want to be just like Scott, I got to find out from Scott, like, what are you really like? What are, and, and he would tell me. Jesus, describing himself, he says, I'm gentle and I'm humble. I'm lowly in heart. That's what that means. So if you want to be like Jesus, you need to be gentle. You need to be humble. You need to be meek. You know what meekness means? Meek meek is power under control. Meekness is not weakness. Meekness is I got a ton of power, like Tank, toughest man in the world, but he's not going around just beating everybody up. He's got it under control. He only beats up the people God tells him to. (laughs) If we want to be like Jesus, it means we're not harsh. We're not reactionary. We don't just react. You know, Lazarus died how many days before he got there? Four. Like he didn't be like, oh, no, Lazarus died. Better get there right now. It's like, eh, four days. We'll make sure that everybody knows he's dead for sure. And then they'll see my power and then they'll see my glory. If you want to be like Jesus, we're not going to be harsh. We're not going to be reactionary. We're not going to be easily angered. That's a big one. Remember, the Lord is slow to anger. He's slow. It's like the sloths in Zootopia. 
you ever saw that movie. James 1.19 says, So my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath, slow to vengeance, because the righteousness of God, the righteousness of man, the righteousness that's in us, doesn't produce the righteousness of God. We need to be like Jesus. He's calling us not to be harsh, reactionary, easily angered. He's calling us to be understanding and compassionate. One of the first things I learned about marriage was when your wife is speaking, your job is to listen with the, with the purpose of understanding what she's saying. I'm not kidding. Like, when I listen to her, my goal is to listen so I can hear what she's saying, so I can understand what she's saying, because only when I understand what she's actually saying can I properly react and say something back. But what happens is we don't listen. We're ready. We're locked and loaded with what we're going to say back. We don't listen, and then, boom, we just spew out Whatever we get back, you know, and she looks at me, she's like, and this had really happened before, <laughs> more than once. I don't think you really understood, Robert, what I was saying. <laughs> because if I did, I probably wouldn't have said half the things that I said back, had I understood. Lowly in heart, Jesus said, come to me. The point I'm saying is Jesus was lowly in heart. Jesus was humble. He was accessible. I wrote this down. I thought it sounded good. For all his glory, all God's glo- all Jesus' holiness, his supreme uniqueness, and his supreme otherness, no one in human history has ever been more approachable than Jesus Christ. He was approachable. We need to be approachable people. We need to be available if we want to be like him. Verse 28 tells us exactly who qualifies to be in fellowship with Jesus. You want to know if you qualify to be in fellowship with Jesus? He said this, all who labor, all who are heavy laden, all who are tired, All who are overburdened. You ever feel that way? Anybody in here? Raise your hand. Let's be honest. Have you ever felt tired and overburdened? He says, come to me. You know, I'd be like, go to someone else. I'm tired and I'm, you know, I'm tired myself. Go see Pastor Al. Knock on his door. Go see Brock. Come see with Come see me with the good stuff, the praise reports. But Jesus didn't say that. Jesus said, come to me all who are tired, overburdened, and take my yoke upon you, on you, and learn from me. It's 12.07. I have a couple minutes. We're going we're gonna to land this plane. Not exactly how I thought, but we're going to land it. If you're tired, you're overburdened, you qualify. He said, take my yoke upon you and learn, 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 learn from me. If Christ-likeness is the purpose, it's the very purpose we're living right now is to be like him. We need to learn from Jesus. Say this with me. Say, I've received the spirit of adoption. Say it again. Say, I've received the spirit of adoption. Of adoption. Okay. Now you can all rest easy because I'm going to read this scripture. It says in Romans 8, 15, For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption. So we just read straight scriptures. I didn't get all weird on you. He said, But you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. You received the spirit of adoption. You have been accepted in the beloved. Belonging, oneness, acceptance. Listen to this verse, Ephesians 1, 3 through 6. Blessed be 
the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, which means he, he liked doing it, to the praise of his glory, by which he made us accepted in the beloved. You are accepted. Say this with me. I am accepted in the beloved. You made the team. You're in the game. Now take a shot. Take a shot. Wayne Gretzky's dad told him, he said, you, you don't score on 100% of the shots you don't take. He started shooting the puck. If you never heard of Wayne Gretzky, just Google him. Every record in the book. He said, you, don't, you won't score on 100% of the shots you don't take. He started shooting. He's all-time leading scorer. You made the team. You're in the game. Take a shot. You are loved. You are wanted. You are known by God. We tell Hudson this every day. We say, you are loved. You are wanted. You are are known by God. Even in the womb, all nine months, we said that to him every day. You're loved. Got a few other things I was going to say. I was even going to bring Megan up. I will bring her up probably after we have this baby. Because she's got some things to share with you that are going to change your life, but we're running out of time. I want to close with this. We tell Hudson this every day. You are loved. You are wanted. You are known by God. I say that to you, to every person in here. You're loved by God. You're wanted by Him. He knows you. Sometimes I'll bend down and and comb... Hudson's little hair, and he'll resist me like the resistor sometimes he is. And I'll say, buddy, God knows exactly how many little hairs are on that beautiful little head of yours. Knows every exactly the same number of the number of those little blonde hairs. And the first time I said that to him, it just blew me away. I'm like, and the Lord's like, yeah. That's what he said. I said that to Hudson. He goes, yeah. The Lord said, yeah. Sanctification, when we need to become like Christ. When we know that we're loved, when we know that we're wanted, when we know we're accepted, we're not going to push him away. We're going to walk in these gifts. If I called you out for a gift today, for a word today, we got to walk in it. I, I, I rejected the, the, whole, the word of me being a pastor for a long time. Even I was a pastor. I wouldn't tell anybody. We'd be in a service. They say, oh, you know, that nobody knew me at all. They say, all pastors come to the front. My brother-in-law would be like, go up. I'm like, because he knew I was a pastor. I sat there. And I didn't accept it fully. Even though I was operating in it, I didn't accept it fully in my heart. Somehow, I don't know, I felt... It's not arrogance to accept the gifts that God gives you. It's not being arrogant. He's actually disappointed when we don't walk in the gifts that he gave us. If I came up to Pratik and and said, here, here's a brand new iPhone. What are they at now? What number? I don't even know. I still have a 10, (laughs) 15, 26. I don't know. And I said, here's a brand new iPhone 26 that can read your mind, you know. And it was like, you know, $5,000. Here, I want you to have it for free, you know. And if you don't accept it, or you know what I mean? It's like, I tried to give you something. And the Lord has given every one of us a gift. Multiple gifts. And we can't bury them in the ground. We're going to give an account. We're gonna, one day, we're going to give an account. He's going to say, did you bury them in the ground? Did you multiply them? What'd you do with them? I want to know what you did with them. He already knows what you did with them, but he's asking you. 
And so my prayer is this, and we'll close. That each and every one of us that hears this message, that hears my voice, whether it's here, online, today, or two days from now, whenever it is. My prayer is that you would see the uniqueness of the gifts and talents that God has given you. And you would use them for his glory. You would get into the word of God and you would let the word of God sanctify you. Jesus said, I have sanctified them. They are sanctified by the word which I speak to them. We become sanctified as we believe what he says about us. So go in peace today. Go in peace to love, to serve the Lord, to take your talents and use them for his glory. Take his word as if it was him audibly speaking to you as you read it, as if if he was audibly speaking it over you. And let the word of God wash you. Let it renew your mind. Let it sanctify you. May you walk in the fullness of your calling. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks again for joining us on this week's episode of the Salt Church Podcast. We're grateful you spent this time with us, and we hope the message today has moved you. Please be sure to join us again next week for another episode of the Salt Church Podcast. God bless. And we'll see you next time.